Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, hello, mamacitas. Welcome back for another episode of Tere Tells All. As always, I'm so happy that you decided to click play and listen to today's episode. I also hope that you had a fabulous weekend. Um, I got to hang out with the family. It was just pretty chill, laid back. We swam a little bit, had some fajitas, margaritas, tres leches cake. You know, we, we did our thing. It's funny because I feel like people think that I like to party, but I really don't. I'm a I'm a big homebody. I like to stay home. I like even when I do go out. Um, I put this on Instagram stories, but even when I do go out, I tend to take my own car with me so that I can kind of like dip out a little early and get home and get to bed because I'm a grandma and I need my sleep. So uh, when people invite me out and they're like, "Hey, we're meeting somewhere at." I don't know, 10, 30, 11. I'm like, PM? Okay. I mean, I show up, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, if I do go out that late, I probably have taken a nap earlier in the day in preparation of going out later that night. That's just how I am. And I don't know how, who else is like that. I feel, I feel like I'm not the only one. I feel like there's a lot of us who, you know, we've outgrown our late night clubbing days and, uh, you know, we would rather just chill at home. We, I can drink wine at home. It's cheaper and I can do it in my pajamas. Um, and, you know, if you're not there yet, if you're still in the party mode, you're still in that partying era, you like to go out, then keep living it up because uh, I feel like those years for me were cut, were cut short. I didn't really get to go out that much when I was younger. So then when I did start going out, like it was it was like mid to late 20s when I was actually going out out so yeah those years got cut short for me um but you guys you keep you keep living it up and uh, i'm gonna live i'm gonna live through you um okay so today's review shout out goes to motivation marcelita did i say that right yeah marcelita um she says i think this is a great podcast to find some relatable information about women like me a lot of the things that make may or could happen to me in some way and it helps to find a way to self-help myself i really love her podcast and i can't wait for the next one so thank you uh marcelita for writing your review i appreciate you i appreciate the love that you give me not just on this podcast review but even on instagram like i know that uh we follow each other on instagram so i appreciate you thank you for listening and you guys can leave a review on apple podcast listen I have some beef with Apple right now because last week's episode, they did not post it until Sunday. I do not understand why there was such a delay in um, getting that episode up. Like normally once I like make an episode live, it like instantly goes up on all streaming platforms. Um, 
But I've noticed this is the second time that Apple has done this to me. The first one, it was only delayed by like a day. This time it was delayed by like five days. So Apple Podcasts, get it together. We can't we can't be doing this. OK, but anyway, if you go to Apple Podcasts, please feel free to rate and review and subscribe. It really does help the podcast grow. If you would rather go to Instagram and drop a comment in one of the posts, I would appreciate that. If you want to post to stories, I'm going to repost you from the Theta Tells All podcast onto those stories. Just, you know, I I love growing with you guys and me growing would not be possible without you. So, We're growing together and it means the world to me when you guys do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know, if you you share about me, I'm gonna share your post. So let's let's help each other out here. Um, let's see, what else do I have for you today? Oh, merch. Okay. You guys have asked me about merch. Um, I've been a little hesitant (laughs) to do merch. I just I don't I don't know. Like I want to do merch, but then I'm like, but like do y'all really want the merch or are y'all just telling me you want the merch? And then if I have all this merch ready to go, right, and then nobody buys it, it could just be me, you know, again, self-sabotaging. So I decided I'm not going to stop thinking that way. Instead, I'm going to go ahead and just move forward with merch. I'm not going to do a lot. Um, I'm going to do a coffee mug um, and two shirts, so I don't know. I might throw in a hoodie in there, like a cropped hoodie. But but you guys, these are these are cute things. Like I know it's like podcast merch, but they're gonna be cute things with like cute sayings that you would actually want to wear. Um, I know I'm gonna be wearing mine out, but yeah, I'm working on that. Give me a couple of weeks to you know finish getting that set up. Um, I'm doing all the designs myself, so I'm wor- I've been working on that for the past week or so. So once I have all of my designs finalized, um, you know, then I'll keep keep the ball rolling and uh, I will update you. But just wanted to give you a heads up that, yes, merch is on the way. It's coming. And I appreciate you guys for asking me to create merch. All right. So today's guest is a badass woman. I freaking adore her. She has her own podcast as well. And we're going to talk about her podcast and what it's about. But um, I'm, I'm excited to have her on the show and I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. She's probably not new to you, but if she is, if you've never heard of her before, then you are in for a treat. I will warn you that there are a few moments of audio like glitches here and there in this episode. I do apologize in advance. I'm letting you know in advance that I know they're there because I know that sometimes if I don't warn you, you guys start DMing me telling me that you can hear things. Um, But anyway, I know they're there. I tried my best to kind of like fix them or eliminate them. Um, But you know, then then we're losing content here. So uh, bear with me when you do hear this crazy audio muffled static stuff just know that it only lasts for a few seconds and then you know we're right back to the episode but thank you for hanging in there and just listening powering through anyway I promise it's good stuff so without further ado let's get into it Today on the show, I have mindset coach and queen of pep talks, Jessica Battle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. 
Me too. So we were just saying before I hit record that <laughs> third time's the charm because we have tried to record this episode multiple times and we just haven't had luck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to keep going. That's like the moral of my life though. So this is a beautiful example. You have to just keep going. If it doesn't work the first time you try again. Absolutely. That's what I say too. I was like, you know what? It doesn't work. We're just going to pivot. We'll do something else and we'll circle back around. No big deal. Yep. Um, but before we get into all of this, like mindset and fitness and whatever talk, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? What's your, what's your passion? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jessica Battle and I am the self-titled queen of pep talks, um, which is a weekly podcast episode that I host talking about mindset, binge eating, emotional eating, fitness, life, addiction, all of the things really about my life. I share um, just short episodes of pep talks. I am a mindset and emotional eating and business coach. So I help women in a number of different facets. I have overcome binge eating and emotional eating in my personal life. I've lost a hundred pounds twice, um, really had to work on some of the inner stuff that I kept seeing come up around why I was unable to be consistent around my relationship with food. So there's been a lot of inner healing. And now my passion is really helping women find that consistency and balance within their lives so that they can approach not just change around health and fitness, but change in any area of their life from a place of like just deep self-love and honoring and respecting themselves rather than having it be this thing where I'm all in and I'm like feeling terrible because I'm going to extremes and then I'm on the other end sabotaging myself. So really helping women find consistency, balance, and moderation in all areas of their lives. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you do that. Um, I actually came across you on Instagram because I think it was one of your quotes. You post a lot of like quotes and like words and stuff. And I think one of your posts came across my feed. This was like a year ago at this point. Um, and it just, it really spoke to me. And that's when I started following you. Um, we're going to talk about like the mindset stuff and because I'm a firm believer that your mindset affects every aspect of your life. And I know you do too, but I kind of want to go in a, in a linear order here. So let's take it back a little bit to your fitness journey, because you said that you struggled with binge eating and you lost a hundred pounds twice, not once, twice. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me about that. And I guess I also want to know what was it like the first time versus the second time? Was there a big difference or not? Let, let's, let's dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. So I had struggled with my weight for as long as I can remember. I was always a bigger girl, graduated high school around 250 pounds. And it was around the age of 19 that I realized I was being affected in my life, like not just my confidence, but how I actually felt physically moving through life. It was exhausting. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm 19 years old. I should not be feeling like this. So I decided to start dieting for what felt like the, I believe the first time I ever really took dieting seriously. And I did it in the most unhealthy way. And I would please, if you're listening to this episode, do not try this to lose weight. I did the special K diet and I was eating two bowls of cereal, one snack and one meal a day. And I was doing cardio for like between 45 minutes and two hours every single day. And what I've noticed about myself over the years and especially around my fitness journey is I was really good at being all in and being super committed to the goal that I had in mind. So I believed like, I'm going to get down to 175 pounds. That was my goal weight at the time. And I was like, everything in my life is going to feel and be so much better. I had this idea that 
once I'm living in a smaller body, because I had never experienced that life was going to be easy. People were going to like me more. I was going to be happier. I just felt like when I got there, everything was going to immediately change in my life. So I sacrificed, like didn't go out with friends, didn't eat off, off track, right. Was committed to this exercise routine. And I lost hundred pounds in eight months, which is very quick. Um, and as soon as I got to that goal weight, it was like, I was so naive and I thought, oh, when I get here, life will go back to normal, right? I thought I'm going to work really hard, get to this goal weight, and then I'm going to get to go back to normal. And that's exactly what I did. And in probably less than I would say 10 months, I put all of the weight and some back on because I immediately went back to all of the behaviors that weren't serving me and got me to 280 pounds in the first place. And it was like a huge, like punch in the gut. And I was like, holy shit. Like I went back to a place of just being completely all out, binge eating, emotional eating, no exercise, like not caring about how I feel. And I was just, it hurt me so much to feel like, wow, I really failed myself. Um, but looking back, it, it's so interesting to think about how did I block out the fact that I was actively gaining all of this weight? It was like, I just pushed it out of my mind and didn't think about it until I was back where I started. Yeah. No, I think we're really good at doing that. I know that I did too. Like I remember being, you know, in my younger twenties and my dad tried to always help me of when it came to my weight, he didn't always approach it in the best way. So then that kind of made me like resent him a little bit, but I, same thing. I would just kind of like ignore it. I just like, "Mm, okay, whatever. I didn't really care until one day it just slapped me in the face. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm really, really unhealthy. And it's crazy how our minds do that, that we can just block out certain things that when we don't want to deal with it, we don't want to cope with it. We just shut that part off. And it's like, it doesn't even exist. It's crazy how our minds work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that anytime that I would feel those feelings coming up of like, you know, you should be doing better. You know that you're not happy doing this. I would go to food because that was the habit that I had created in my life. Like, oh, you're unhappy. So use food to feel better. And it does work in the short term, but ultimately it's just really adding to the problem. I've had a whole episode on binge eating um, here on the show with another guest who struggles with it too. And she says the same thing, you know, like, yeah, you feel good in that moment while you're eating it. But then after the fact, that's when you start to realize like that probably wasn't the best decision. And it's just this continuous cycle of binge eating and not finding a way out. Um, So then when you decided to lose the weight again, the second time, what did you do differently? Yeah. So the second time that I lost weight, I tried because I had realized like, okay, that approach wasn't maintainable and sustainable for me. Let's try something a little bit better. So I was tracking my calories on my fitness pal, 1200 calories a day, still incredibly low. Right. But to me, it was like, this is a healthier perspective. And that's when I found beach body workouts. So I was doing insanity. So there was like a structured schedule. So I was, I think when it came to my fitness, um, it really helped me create a healthier relationship with fitness because I was told like what to do and when to do it. And I had a calendar to follow. So it was like, I know that this is working and the extremes with exercise kind of stopped at that point. Um, And then I lost 120 pounds in 18 months and I got down to the lowest weight I had ever been, which was 150 pounds. And on my five, nine frame, that was pretty slim for me. I was pretty small at that point. Um, But then my mom was in, this is when I really realized my relationship with food was still a huge problem. My mom was in a car accident and she was on life support and in a coma and 
I gained 40 pounds in two months because of my behavior with food. I had still been really consistent with my exercise, but it was a huge wake up call to me that I was still using food as this coping mechanism when life was happening, right? Because to be able to put on 40 pounds in two months while actively doing challenging workouts, that just kind of shows how much you're actually eating. And it was a huge wake up call for me. It wasn't the, the moment where I decided to actually work on it, but it was a huge wake up call that my relationship with food was still not improving um, through dieting. How did you, so what did you do at that point? Because at this point you had already lost the weight again and you're starting to go back up. Um, how did you break out of that cycle? Because you've been, looks like you've been able to maintain it off now and you live like a healthy, balanced life now. Yes. So what did you, how did you start breaking out of that cycle? Yeah. So that was not the end of kind of the yo-yo for me. Um, but I think what happened for me and the way that I really work with explaining this to my clients is I talk about closing the gap, right? So with a lot of people who are dieting, we have this all in all out mentality. And what I found that I did for myself was I just sort of started to close the gap on the periods of time that I would be all out. So rather than being like, six months or a year of sabotaging myself and emotionally eating and not caring about myself, it would maybe then be six months or three months or, or, or two months or two weeks. And now it's to the point where like, I can have a day that's not so good, but tomorrow is a brand new day and I'm not going to continue to sabotage myself. So I just continue to close that gap. So at that time with, um, putting 40 pounds on in two months, I was back up to close to 200 pounds. And I was like, okay, we're really recognizing this is a problem here. Let's get it together. So I went back to tracking my calories again, back to continuing my workouts. And I started to lose the weight and I got down to like 170, 180 pounds, which was very easily maintainable for me. Um, but at that point, then it was like, I would track my calories during the week. And then the weekends I would binge all weekend long. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday were days just consumed with overeating, overconsuming. And then the worst part of it for me, I was able to maintain my weight. So it was like, that's fine. But the emotional shame that I felt on the other side of those eating behaviors just got to a point where it was like, I don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life. So I thought, let's try a new approach. And I started tracking macros <laughs> because I thought maybe this will be the thing that helps me feel better with my relationship with food. I got serious about dieting again, got down to 150 pounds for my wedding, went on my honeymoon, gained almost 30 pounds on my honeymoon. And I was like, okay, there's still a problem here. Like what is going on? And I just really had a wake up call that another diet is not going to be the thing that heals your relationship with food. Yeah. I think it's important for us to realize that sometimes a diet is not the best approach. Cause I did the same thing you did when I first started working out um, or losing weight. I was on a very, very restrictive, like 50 grams of carbs per day diet, which, you know, that's like two slices of bread. If you have a sandwich, like that's it, you're done for the day. You can't have fruit for the rest of the day. You can't have any carbs. And um, I literally lived off of like frozen peas and carrots and chicken breast for like a whole year and protein shakes. Yeah. And um, did it work? Absolutely. I tell everybody like, yeah, hell yeah, it worked. You of saw me drop the weight. Of course it worked. You know, I did a total 180 of what I was doing. Was it sustainable? Absolutely not. Was I happy? Absolutely not. When I hit my goal weight, did my life change? Absolutely not. And you know, the same thing 
when I got my tummy tuck because I lost the weight, I maintained the weight, I changed my eating habits, I changed my training style. So then I was like, okay, so it wasn't my weight. It must be my loose skin. So again, yeah. <laughs> I got the loose skin removed. Did that change my life? No, it didn't, right? I was still the same insecure, sad little me. The mm-hmm. only difference was that now I just didn't have loose skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's at that point when I realized that it was more like a mental inner issue that I had to work through then you know it's easier for us to just blame our bodies or to blame our weight or to blame the scale than to sit back and reflect like there's a pattern that I'm repeating that I am consciously or subconsciously doing and I need to do something to break out of that cycle like in my mind so yeah 100% I think so many of us are just used to looking for something external to be the thing that's going to fix it. Right. And for, I have major daddy issues that I'm working through in my life now, but for, before my weight loss, it was like, I'm going to find a man that's going to make me happy. And then it was like, my body is going to make me happy. And then it was the job is going to make me happy. And then it was the money is going to make me happy. And then the the biggest realization I had was like, every time that I've achieved the thing that I thought was going to be the thing that made me happy, nothing actually changed in me. And I, I began to realize like, changing the way you feel about yourself doesn't change from achieving anything external, unless you're actively at the same time working on changing how you feel about yourself. Like the way you feel about yourself is independent of anything outside of you. And when you begin to actually take mindset work seriously, and I feel this because I thought it was bullshit when people were like personal development, like read a book, hire a coach. I was like, I'm good. Like my mindset is fine. My body is the problem. And then when I realized that it was the complete opposite, like if I fix the way that I feel about myself and I work on improving the relationship that I have with me, everything else is going to feel a whole lot better. Absolutely. Like I said before, it all ripples out. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started on, I guess, retraining your mindset? Is, Is that what you did? Like you read books and stuff or did you see a therapist? What did you do? Yeah, absolutely. So at my breaking point, I had locked myself out of my house. This was like a day that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I shared a video on Instagram. I was sitting outside my house crying and I actually locked myself out of my house. So I couldn't go back in because I knew I'd been binging all day long. And I knew that as horrible as I felt like I was a wreck. If I went back in, I just keep eating because I really felt like I was so out of control. So I shared this video on Instagram. It went viral. People were like, read this book called brain over binge. And it was the first time that I decided I'm actually going to work on changing this behavior rather than just going on another diet to try and change my body. So I read this book called brain over binge by Katherine Hansen. And it took me like nine months to get through because it's scary to change who you are. Like when you are used to coping in a certain way and you decide like, this isn't who I want to be anymore. It's scary as fuck because you're like, how do I deal with this now? Like, how do I actually cope with what I'm feeling now? How do I actually deal with my emotions and sit in them and manage what I'm feeling without sabotaging myself? So it took me like nine months to get through the book, but I had a huge realization in reading that book. She talks about this idea that you don't need to fix any like deep underlying rooted issue within yourself in order to fix and heal your relationship with food. And it was huge for me because I, my dad abandoned me. My mom was an alcoholic. I had all these deep issues within myself that I was like, until I fix this stuff, like my relationship with food is just going to be what it is. Cause it's a part of who I am. And it, it really made me realize like I can have all of this like trauma or terrible stuff like within me, but that doesn't have to be an excuse for me to not work on actively healing my relationship with food. So I started, she talks about like ways to dismiss this voice in your head. That's telling you to just go eat. I started applying what I learned inside of that book. 
and it wasn't perfect. It was messy, but I realized like this all or nothing thinking, this extreme thinking that I've had for my whole life, it's just not leading me to the place that I want to be. And it keeps me stuck in this cycle of sabotage. So I have to work on acknowledging, recognizing, and changing the behaviors that are actually standing in the way of me creating the change that I want. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said that it was messy because I think change and growth are messy. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to, we need to know that going into it, that it's going to be a messy process. It's probably going to be a painful process too. And that's okay. (laughs) Whether it's like mental work, uh, physical work, um, even like starting a new business, you know, starting a new business is a challenging, messy process in itself. Yeah. uh, You know about that. I do. Yeah. But what I always say is like, like you say how the the mindset, like it spills. I always say like your mindset leaks into every area of your life. And what I've realized is like the work that I've done around healing my relationship with food and fitness and my body, it has so easily translated to every new venture that I take on in my life. So like releasing all or nothing thinking and like no more procrastinating and no more avoiding. And like just all of these things that are like such mental blocks that we carry through life, they affect every single thing that we're doing. And the thing is when you can master them in one area of your life, you know, your ability, you believe in yourself to say like, I master this over here. So now this business, like I got this, it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard. There are going to be difficulties and roadblocks, but because I've mastered the way that I think I know that I'm able to overcome it. What would, okay. Cause you, you did beach body, like you used it yourself, like the program, but then mm-hmm. you were also like a rep, right? Weren't you yeah. also like selling stuff? Yeah. So tell me about that and, and how that led to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I was using Beachbody for the bulk of my weight loss and sharing my journey on Instagram. And I have a Facebook like business page and, um, I had started developing a following and people started reaching out to me and saying like, Hey, you're already sharing that you're using Beachbody. You should become a coach. And I was like, uh, I was pretty resistant to it, but then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I started doing Beachbody coaching and I was really terrible at sticking with it because I was still, this is at the point that I was really learning to work on my own like mindset and my own healing. And I would be like all in with the business sometimes and like inviting people to join me. And then I'd take like six months off and then I'd start again and be like, okay, come join me. And then I would quit. And it was just this cycle of like doing it, then not doing it. And I realized that while I love Beachbody workouts, I still use them. I love their products. I still use them. What the coaches are teaching was not in alignment with who I was becoming, right? Because they teach like this container system and drinking the shake and like following a workout program and taking your before and after pictures. And I just realized that I was growing beyond that point where like, I wasn't really resonating with promoting any type of diet. I wasn't really resonating with promoting like a three week workout program. I wasn't resonating with the before and after pictures anymore. I was really becoming somebody who wanted to teach deeper, deeper stuff. Like I want you to actually not just start and finish a diet. I want you to create the change within yourself. That's going to allow you to maintain and sustain what you're doing long-term. So is that what you teach now? Cause you said, so you're a mindset coach, but you're also a business coach and forgot what the other thing you said. You said you were three emotional eating. Yeah. Emotional Emotional eating. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at that point then that you realized that you didn't want to do it for this company, but rather like take your, take it your own approach and do it your way. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I realized I had all these people coming to me for like, how did you, how are you maintaining your weight? That's like the biggest thing that people see because that's the hardest part. 
And because I had never done it before and I realized like, wow, this is happening because of the inner work that I'm doing. People were coming to me and they're like, how are you maintaining your weight? How did you lose the weight? How did you feel your relationship with food? And I was like, well, I can tell you, but there's value in the fact that I'm going to lead you through this. So I decided to create a group coaching program, which has been my signature program for the last two years. And it's a program, it's a four week program where I bring women in and they think they're coming to me for weight loss, which they will lose weight, but they're coming to me for all of the deeper work that they've been avoiding. So we work on developing self-awareness, healing your relationship with food, learning to honor and respect and listen to your body, getting back in touch with your intuition when it comes to your hunger and fullness, and then really focused on how do we keep this going when days get hard, right? How do we stay consistent? How do we not rely on motivation? How do we become self-disciplined? All the stuff that actually has really changed who I am is what I teach inside of that program. Even outside of your program, I think you offer so much like beautiful insight um, just on your social media and with your podcast. Like I've listened to your podcast a couple of times. I love that your episodes are short. Like I don't know if you've ever listened to mine, but my episodes can get like an hour, hour 15, but yours are like, short and to the point. And I love that. And then, you know, anybody who's listening, if you just need a literally a little pep talk, go check out Jessica's uh, podcast, because that's what she'll do. She'll give you a little pep talk. And I love how you have things, you know, by topic. So if I know that, like, you know, I need a little kick in the ass when it comes to like entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. I can go look through your titles and find one that I know is going to resonate with what I need at that moment. Um, But yeah, so like, I'm sure like, if you if you put this much effort into your free content. I can only imagine what kind of stuff you're putting into the programs that, you know, people pay you for. Um, and I see the reviews that you post from the women that you coach, um, who just sound like they are ready to take charge and lead their life with this whole new mindset. I think you are such a powerful person in doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This work really, it means, everything to me because I've been there and I know what it feels like to be in that place where it's like, you're so frustrated with yourself and you recognize I'm the person standing in my own way, but I can't figure out how to actually move. So the work is very, very, it's so special and so important to me. And I'm just, it's easy when we're going through shit to think like, oh my gosh, like, why is this happening to me? Right. In the depths of my struggles with my relationship with food, I was like, what is wrong with me? But to be where I am now years later and have this opportunity to help women who feel exactly how I felt, it's like, this was happening for me the whole entire time, right? Like it's led me to exactly where I'm meant to be. And sometimes as hard as it is in the moment to realize and see that blessing within the things that are happening, everything that's happening is happening for us and it's leading us exactly where we're meant to go. Plus I think it's easier to do something no matter how time consuming and draining it can be when we see our purpose in it. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you didn't have a purpose in it, if you didn't think that you were doing valuable work, then you wouldn't put so much passion into it, but you do. Yeah. Um, What do you want your legacy to be? Oh gosh, that's a good question. I know that's a hard question. I know. I just threw that in there. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it, like if it was my funeral and people were showing up, I think that I would really want people to remember me as somebody who just made them feel different about themselves and their lives. I think that being able to instill belief in somebody until they're able to believe in themselves. Like that's what I believe I do for my clients is I will believe in you and teach you exactly how to believe in yourself. But on the hard days where you're struggling to say like, can I do this? I'm going to be the person who's there empowering you to do it. Um, so I think if people were to remember me for one thing, I would want it to be like having them 
see the ability that is within themselves to create the lives that they want and beyond creating and like achieving things to feel the way that they want. Cause I think that everything that we want to achieve, we want it because we think we'll feel better. Um, but I really want to help women realize you can feel better along the way before you ever achieve the thing you're in control of how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me a, one of your latest celebrations. Oh goodness. Um, my last celebration, actually there are two. It, it was okay. share. the first one that I'm so proud of has nothing to do with me or my business. My mom and I celebrated her one year sobriety a couple of weeks ago and it was so beautiful. It's been a really tough journey um, for me over the last several years with her because as I was working on myself, she was like in her demise where I felt like she was hitting her rock bottom as I was coming into who I was meant to be and to not have your mom be really witness to that. Someone who I was once so close with, I became completely detached from, and I was trying so hard to get her to hear what I was doing for myself because I knew it would help her. Um, and she celebrated one year sober last month. And it has just been such, it's been such a gift in my life. Like it's, it's indescribable how proud I am of her because I know that it's hard work to change your behaviors. And especially when you're addicted to something, you know, like alcohol, it's, it's really hard. And I'm just, I'm so proud of that. So let's just leave it at that one. Cause that one's super special. <laughs> okay. I did see that post um, that you made with your mom. And yeah. I love that because I remember a year ago when you posted on Instagram stories, you were crying yeah. saying how your mom was hitting rock bottom and you felt so helpless like you didn't know how to help your mom yeah Um, and then to see it come back around a year later and seeing that post it just like it instantly brought me that flashback of seeing you know the other story and it was it was so cool to see that so congratulations to your mom and to you for sticking with her because sticking by a loved one going through something difficult especially when they don't necessarily want to be helped in the moment is a hard thing yeah, it, it was very, very hard to my, both of my brothers just completely abandoned her and were like, I don't want to deal with this. And I, I get it. It's hard to watch somebody destroy their own life. Um, but also the effects of it, they, they hurt, especially when it's an intimate relationship like that. But the perspective that I take is like, we're all human beings just doing the best that we know how to get through this life. And one of the reasons that I'm so grateful that I'm doing the work actively, always doing this work on myself is because I believe that we're all carrying like shit within ourselves, right? Trauma and things that we haven't worked on healing. And as we grow through life, we start to project those things onto other people and they start to manifest within our lives in ways that we can't necessarily see coming. So I just try and give every human being in my life the grace that they deserve and knowing that what they're projecting and what they're going through right now is likely based off of something that they're feeling and haven't healed within themselves. And I'm just, it's so beautiful for me to be able to help other people do that. Um, and then witness it within my mom has just been, it's been so amazing. Yeah. You said, you know, sometimes that has to do with what they're going through within themselves. And I say that too, like when people make negative comments or Mm -hmm. people who, you know, reply to your stuff, being very, very mean and asshole-ish. In the moment, at first, I'm always like, oh, but then I take a moment to think and I'm like, wait, no, this person is hurting. Because when I was hurting, I was doing those same kind of behaviors. I was also like passing, well, like, you know, being judgmental of others. And once I like healed myself, my inner self, 
-hmm. like what other people do doesn't really phase me anymore you do you you know do you fam I'm gonna do me (laughs) exactly yeah no so I always tell people that like you know they're they're hurting and I hope that they find what the they piece. need to find. Yeah. yeah. And the piece within themselves, right? Sharing your life on social media is hard and yeah. you, you open yourself up to judgment and bullying in a fashion that is just so easy for it to happen. You don't know these people. They probably don't even follow you. They happen upon your pick on the explore page and they look at you and they're like, Ooh, you're gross. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> it's hard. But at the same time, it's like much like you, I, when I was really struggling with my relationship with myself, I projected onto people around me all of the time. Like throwing temper tantrums as a grown woman, like lashing out and yelling at people for no reason, because I was broken inside. I believe that what we carry within ourselves, it's projected onto the people that we come into contact with. And that's why I always say to people, like you're a leader in your life, whether you recognize it or not, whether or not you think you're leading people, who you're being shows people how to treat you and who you're being treats people in a particular fashion. And who do you want to be in this world, whether or not you want to make an impact or not, you have to think about the fact that you are making an impact on the people who know you, whether it's coworkers or children or family or social media, you're impacting people. So who do you want to be? What, like, what legacy do you want to leave? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I say that too. Like, you know, you don't have to be a content creator, an influencer, a celebrity, athlete, you impact your circle, right? Just like your circle impacts you. That's Mm -hmm. why, you know, what's like you're a reflection of the top five people that you hang out with. Same for the other people. If you're one of their five people and you're like a negative Nancy, mean, a bully, then that's how you're affecting them. And so we've got to take a look around ourselves, like within ourselves and Mm -hmm. around ourselves and think about who we want to be when like now, but also when we leave this earth, um, I always think about, you know, I don't want to say that I always think about when I die, but like, I want to make sure that when I leave this earth, I want to know that I made people proud, that I made people happy, that I made people find something within themselves that maybe they didn't know they had or were capable of. And that's what gives me purpose, knowing that I can help others. Yeah. And you're doing that every single day, just by, just by being who you are. I think like when we prove to ourselves that we're capable of being what we didn't believe, like you probably never thought you'd be sitting here hosting a podcast right now. And then when you were struggling to feel good in your life, like sometimes I reflect back and I'm like, wow, like some of the shit that I'm doing is like next level amazing. And the only reason that I'm doing this is because of the work that I've done on myself. And when you were talking about like living with a purpose and feeling like passion for the things that you're doing. I think that if more people would lean into trying to find that within themselves, they'd be living a much more fulfilling life. But so many of us are just going through the motions, living on autopilot, doing what we're used to doing without taking a step back and doing a life assessment and saying like, Hey, are these things serving me? Does this bring me joy? Do I actually want to be doing this? Or am I just doing it because I think it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right now you used to have a full-time job and you quit it, right. To do this full-time. Yeah. I quit. So how did you know? Well, so I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic. I left last October. Um, I had been taking my business because my business had been like a side hustle for probably two years. I started taking it really serious last May. So exactly a year ago and really quickly, it started to scale to a point that I was making like 50 K months, 80 K months, which is crazy. And I said to myself, like, 
I have this great corporate job, like making six figures, incredible benefits, but I'm not fulfilled. Like, am I going to take this risk on myself and see what happens if I go full-time in my business? Or am I going to try and do both? And while I was working remotely, it was like, yeah, you can manage doing both, but is this really how you want to live your life? Like trying to do both of these things. And I said, screw it. I'm going to leave my job. And I'm it, the best thing that I ever did. I don't know what my business is going to look like in five or 10 years. And there may come a time where I need to go back to corporate. But at the end of the day, I took a risk in my life and I bet on myself. And that is something that I don't think enough people are doing. And I'm just so proud of being brave and courageous enough to take that step, even when it felt like really scary. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause I've been struggling with that as well. Like I want, I love what I do, right? Mm -hmm. I love my podcast. I love sharing everything that I do. And eventually I would like to do this full time. Um, and what, you know, I, I loved teaching when I was in the classroom. I loved, I had, again, I had a purpose. I was teaching kids. I love seeing the light bulb moment. Like when a kid doesn't understand something and then they finally get it, it's like their, their eyes light up and it's like, yes, it clicked. They're not just faking it. It like it clicked. I love yeah. seeing that. And so I, I had a passion for it. I had a purpose for it, but then you know, I left the classroom to become a teacher coach because I figured I could impact more change if I worked directly with the teachers, because then I could work with teachers who then work with a lot more kids and I could, you know, bear impact. Um, But over the last like year or so, I feel like I've lost that passion that I once had for it. So now I'm kind of like shifting and trying to figure out what direction I want to go in. So you know, seeing you quit your job to do what you love, what you're passionate about full time was so cool to see. And, and the the growth that has happened since then, like it's incredible. (laughs) It's been, it's been crazy. I think that the biggest, the biggest shift for me was a decision to be all in and like, and again, this was something that came from healing my relationship with food, this decision that like, I'm not only doing this when it's convenient, I'm doing this all of the time, whether I feel like it or not. Right. Because a lot of times, especially in the social media space, we see entrepreneurs and we think, oh, it must be easy because they're doing what they love. But it's one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And it's like, there are days where, yeah, my schedule is mine and it's a Sunday and I know I have things that I need to do. Am I going to go lay on the couch or am I going to do what I need to do? Even though I have the flexibility to do what I want, you have to be super disciplined in saying like, this needs to be done. So I'm going to do it whether I feel like it or not. And when I made that shift to say like, this isn't something that I'm only going to do when it's convenient, I'm in this and I'm giving it my all. That's when things really started to change. Yeah. I have a lot of other friends who are also entrepreneurs both inside and outside of fitness. Um, and they, they, we, you know, everybody says the same thing. Everybody thinks that being an entrepreneur is this glamorous life where you just get to do whatever you want, whenever you want, but it's not, it's a lot more work. And, um, oftentimes you start as like a one person company. So you got to do every aspect of your company. Right. And like, I'm doing that now. I just posted a story, an Instagram story last night saying like, look, I know I have a podcast. I know I shoot content. I know I do all this. I was like, but I'm a one woman show. I'm the one who stays up until midnight editing my podcast. I'm the one who's creating all my graphics. I'm the one who's doing everything. And I, I love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it, but it's also people need to keep in mind that it's not the 
glamorous life that you always think it, no. you know, what, what people portray on social media, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And it, just to like piggyback off of that, even when like, I've just hired my first assistant to help me with some things and passing off responsibility when this is your baby is so hard. It's like, can I trust you to do this because you care so much? So it's like, yeah, help is amazing. But the, the, the hardest thing for me emotionally has been the inability to really turn off because you think about when you love what you're doing, you think about it all of the time, but that's really unfair to the people in your life. Like for my husband, it's like, it's unfair for me to be working 24 seven, right. For the people who I have in my quote unquote real life, it's not fair for me to only be focused on my business and having to work on that mindset to be able to turn off so that you can enjoy what's present in your life, like in the room with you, it takes effort and it takes setting boundaries. And all of that stuff comes back to that deep inner work and, it, and it's hard. It's very yeah. hard. But even hiring an assistant is a big celebration because, yeah. you know, your, your business is now impacting someone else's life, yeah, right? Not, yeah. not just like as a recipient of the program, but like, because you created a job for somebody. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that feels so good to be able to pay somebody like, above what they were asking for and like know that I'm helping her pay her bills it's just the coolest feeling in the world and it's like I just always come back to the fact that like man you can be in the depths of your struggles right now and feel like what is my purpose here on earth and feel like I'm struggling so much and when you make a commitment to working on yourself you have no idea where it's going to lead you there was never if you would have told me this would be my life 10 years ago, I would have thought like, you're so full of it, right? Like there's no <laughs> way somebody's going to take advice from me when I can't even take my own advice. Like I can't even listen to myself to do what I know I need to do. And to be able to make this much of an impact globally, like with women in countries all over the world, it's just, it's so crazy. when you stay committed to yourself, that's what it's about. Commitment to yourself. You have no idea where it'll lead you. Yeah. I relate to you. And that, and with you and that so much because like you like if you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be doing this right here right now I would have <laughs> laughed I was like you got me confused with somebody else no way but yeah um is there anything else on your heart or in your mind that you want to share um no I don't think so I think like if you take one message away from this podcast just even if it feels like a lie right now, tell yourself that you have the power to have, be, and achieve anything that you want in this life, because you're not going to be able to change your system of beliefs overnight. It takes a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of consistency and being in it and really acknowledging your own shit and calling yourself out on your own bullshit and, and really being sick and tired of who you are in this life, but know that there is so much available to you if you'll be committed to, like I just said, working on yourself. This isn't about improving for other people or doing it because you want to achieve something outside of you. Like work on you because you want to feel better in your life. Work on you because you care about how you feel. The only relationship that you're guaranteed to have for the rest of your life is the one that you have with yourself. And I just, it makes me so sad that it's not something that's prioritized. Like I wish if I could snap my fingers and it would be, we're teaching self-love and self-care in, in middle school and elementary school. Because if, if I would have been taught this stuff when I was 10, 15 years old, who knows who I could be right now? I might be Oprah, right? Like if I knew the value of like myself, but we're not taught that. And I think if you really just decide that you want to honor your relationship with yourself, so much can change. Yeah. And I always say self-care is not selfish, no. not selfish. No, it's a necessity. And I, I really wish that we were taught that because it's like, 
we're, we're made to feel bad for putting ourselves first. Like we're taking away from the people around us. But the truth is the better you are for you, the better you're going to be for everybody in your life. Like your husband, your wife, your kids, your students, whatever it is that you do, the better you are for you, the better impact you're going to have on those people. So don't feel selfish for prioritizing yourself. Well, why don't you tell everyone who's listening where they can find you, how they can follow along. And if they're interested in coaching, like how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to keep up with what I'm doing is Instagram join underscore Jessica underscore XO. Um, That's where I am. Most of the time I'm better on my stories than I am on my feed. That's the place that I love to connect with my audience the most. And then um, I have my weekly podcast episode on the queen of pep talks podcast, where it's all life stuff. Like you said, you can scroll and find any topic that you're feeling. You need a little pep talk and I will give you the kick in the butt that you need. Um, If you're interested in coaching, you can just DM me on Instagram. That's how I do all of my sales. I love to get to know the people who are in my world. So you can just message me there. All right. And I'll make sure to um, put all of those links in the episode description. So definitely check out Jessica's content and her um, coaching um, platform. But uh, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of both of us. You're amazing. And I just, (laughs) I love watching you. You're so much fun and your energy just exudes. I'm just so grateful to be in your world. Truly. You're so sweet. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. (laughs) Well, thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.